0: gospel reading this morning is from St. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1597. Glory to you. Luke writes, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats that were left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets, they began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came, and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid from now on. You will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything. And they followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable on thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Striking similarity between the account that we have today in the Gospel of Luke and a similar account that we had a few weeks back in John 2. The wedding in Cana. Now, granted, one's one's wine and one's fish, but we see an admonition, first from Mary to the servants that says, do whatever he tells you, right? And they did, And, and what came? Abundance came. Wine, like, had never been tasted before. So much that the steward of the party remarked at how wonderful this wine was in such vast quantities and how unusual for you to bring the good stuff out now as usually people had the good stuff first and everyone's tongue gets pickled and and then they don't notice that you got the two buck chuck you know right shame on you if you know what that is I'm just teasing you right he turned it all the way upside down, but the, the, the part of it that is there is do whatever he tells you, and he does it. Perfect wine. The stewards and the people that were serving knew where it came from. They didn't say anything kind of interesting. They're just going, yeah, it happened. But then we, we switch over and we see Peter. Jesus is preaching, and we we get this picture that people are coming. They want to hear what he says. They want to feed on the word, on, on the the bread of life. Coming from God himself. They're pushing. He's getting literally pushed into the water. He sees a boat. He gets in it. Anyone own a boat here or have owned a boat? Yeah? What if somebody got in the boat without asking you? I mean, is that sort of like... <laughs> That's the part that I got. It's like, dude, you're in my boat. But anyway, despite that, Jesus puts into the boat, happens to be Simon's, tells him, hey, let's go out a little way, and then he starts preaching. And, and you've heard uh, archaeologists and theologians talk about how that the sound was probably amplified. Have you ever heard somebody talk across the river down in Arizona? If you've ever been down the river, and I hadn't, you know, until six years ago, but I'll tell you what, on one side of the bank in Arizona, we can hear what the people in California are saying. You got to be, so I imagine that the acoustics were just perfect, you know. Here he is out on this boat, and he's preaching. We know that Simon and the boys were cleaning their nets and probably, you know, fixing them as they're going along. And he interrupts them. And after Jesus speaks, we hear him tell Simon to put out into the deep water. And uh, he does. And he says, put your nets down. And he does. And at this point, Peter's really like a professional fisherman there, you know. He, 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 first thing he says is, uh master. He says, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. I mean, this is a guy that knows. And he's a little subtle, but, you know, some people aren't all that subtle, and the point is there. It's like, all right, master, teacher, rabbi. I wonder if he had a little, or if he looked at somebody and rolled his eyes. Because all night long, this was professional and hadn't caught a thing. Now I'm going to go into the deep water. That means i got to let it all the way down there and pull it all the way back up for nothing. But because you said so, I'm going to do it. Has anyone ever felt that way? Have you ever had somebody tell you how to do something that you knew how to do and you were pretty sure they didn't know? I've seen a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how did that make you feel? Yeah. Well, in this instance... Peter is blown away because we hear all those, that fish comes up. And that just doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. You know, I spent a lot of time out in that Pacific there trying to catch jaws. Uh, My father-in-law and I, we were going to go out there and get the biggest shark that we could. And boy, did we study it. And, you know, we we actually got pretty good at it. We never caught a really huge one, but we spent a lot of time. We kind of knew what we were doing um yeah kind of we we uh i found out this out in the ocean you don't fish in a spot you fish the conditions spot means nothing if there's no fish and so surely peter had come out there and and he'd been in that spot you know and he'd fished that area and he knew where the fish normally were and he could see the conditions and we may deduce the conditions were not something that you would catch any fish, and he had tested and proven it. His reaction is not like a fisherman when the fish come up. His, his reaction isn't, man, why did, how did I miss that? You know, and out in the ocean you see fish diving into the water because the bait fish are coming up because something bigger than them is pushing them up and something bigger than them is pushing them up and that's boy where you set your lines but he he hadn't seen that he didn't he didn't he didn't say gee I didn't see that coming no his reaction and by his words he went from master to lord he says depart from me lord i am a sinner there was no discussion about the fish. The fact of the matter was proven right there. He is Lord. There's God right there. I'll catch so many fish. You think you know what you're doing there, young man? Check this out. Oh, gee whiz, are the boats almost capsizing? Have you ever been proven so wrong in something that you thought you were so right in ever? I have in my marriage. Keep going. So I'll, I'll, I did not say that. Yes, you did. No, I did not. Here it is in a text. How about those Niners? Change the subject, right? Ooh, I do not fall down on my knees until later, and I say, I'm so sorry I was wrong. I do that, don't I? I apologize. I should, I should know better than to question, right? So should you, but uh, all of you. But so should Peter. Peter was walking with Jesus and Jesus showed all of this but then he did he goes oh master and or not master but oh lord and lord is somebody that you are owing to that you are committed to he is so humbled he knows who he is he is poor in spirit at this point compared to god Jesus didn't speak any law to him at all he just said drop your nets and I'll paraphrase for, for Peter, right? What a colossal waste of time this is going to be, uh-oh. And his reaction is oh, fear, humility. Boy, I got that wrong. But even more deep than that, O-M-G that people like to say. Well, right now we can say that in church. Oh, my God, my Savior. My Lord, depart from me because I can't even be in this boat with you, what you have done, and the way that I treated you, and the way that I just thought. Didn't speak law. His presence caused Peter to understand exactly who he was compared to Christ. And we see that again in the earlier readings here from Isaiah In Isaiah 6, we hear him say, Woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and yet I have seen the king. Here he is in the presence of the Holy of Holies. Holy, 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 he sees. He sees this vision of heaven, and a seraphim comes up to him. He describes it with wings, two cover his eyes, two cover his feet, and with two he flies, and he brings this coal, and he touches his lips to him. Isaiah, the one who sees this this vision, has a Peter moment, or Peter had an Isaiah moment. I'm in the presence of God. I have no business being here. Woe is me. Help. I don't belong here. No law spoken, just the sheer presence of the Holy One. Oh, no. I don't belong here. And what we hear Isaiah say is, go away from me. I'm poor in spirit, is what, that, what they say. Go away from me, for they know who they are compared to God. You and I know who we are compared to God. We are nothing. But in him we are everything. To the very presence of God, I said earlier, it functions as law. We are saying, save me. We come to God and say, hear our prayer. We come to God, have mercy on me, a wretched sinner. We say, I am not worthy. We may say, how can you call me to ministry? How can you call me to speak anything of you? I'm not worthy. We call out, Lord, I am only here by your grace. And yet, he knows that. He always knew that. And he says to you, and he said to Peter, and he said to Isaiah, but most importantly, Christian brother and sister, he says to you, don't worry. From now on, as he said to Peter, I'll make you boys fishers of men. You'll be catching people. To Isaiah, he says to the seraphim, See, this has touched your lips. This has taken your guilt away. And your sin is atoned for. The repentant, poor, in spirit person understands they are nothing. I'm not a fisherman. I live with unclean people with unclean lips. I am nothing. And yet I'm in the presence of God. I don't deserve this. And even more he gives. He says, look. Yeah, you do belong here. You have clean lips. Your sins have been atoned. Then he asks, "Who shall I send?" We're going to sing this a little earlier, is it I, Lord?" The morning, that's not a boring cry, but you know, that it's, boy, what you know, listen to that. He's, he's calling you. And we know that through our baptism, that we are delivered, through our baptism, like that coal, our sin is atoned for. Like that coal, our lips are made clean. Like that moment that that Peter confesses to the Lord, "Get away from me! I don't deserve to be in your presence." And 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 he doesn't say, "You got that right." He says, "Don't worry, I got more for you." Through our baptism, we are delivered from sinful to forgiven. From our baptism, we are. Delivered from feeling dirty to being cleansed. Through our baptism, we can go and do go from afraid to bold witness. Through the sacrament of the altar where we receive the true body, the true blood, our guilt is taken away. Our sin is atoned for. And it is then that we can come in confidence and say to the Lord, send me. We can come to him in confidence and insur- assurance. Thy will be done. We can come to him knowing that he is sending us, he has abundance set for us in our lives, as we say, in the name of Jesus, amen, amen.